Hello, Easton Brown. Hello, Cole. I haven't. I don't think I've talked to you in a week. Yeah. No. No, actually, you know, get got to save the po- conversations for the podcast, so they don't get to talk offline. You know, I don't need to save any conversations, and we can keep this under two hours if we talked a couple times during the week. <laughs> that's true. But that's all right. That's why we got the topics, right? Episode uh, eleven. Yep. Or nice or. Double ones. Double ones. That's what they call the two lines in your forehead. Yeah. Those ones. Oh, yeah. You got some good ones. <laughs> uh, episode 11. We got some uh, some MotoGP to cover, obviously. They were in Italy this week. And uh, I was actually looking at the calendar. We I didn't realize that, but next three weeks, there's no break. Which is because yep. we're in Europe. So, well, not we. Sorry. MotoGP is in Europe. Yeah. Maybe if we have, you know, two more races back to back, the man we will not speak of can maybe finish a race. Let's roll the intro. All right. Intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. And we're back. We're live. We never said we're live, so I have to say it. Mm-hmm. We're live. We're live. <laughs> In case I got some. I got, I got some. I got some Josh Heron news to start it off. All right, hit me with it. Josh Heron, Moto America. Remember, I uh, pointed out last week that he did the the double barrel birdies and yep. threw the announcers for a slight loop. Yeah, I went back and rewatched that, and the the pause that you were talking about, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing. Well, apparently, apparently, I wasn't the only one that noticed. Mm, yeah, well, Moto America handed down a twenty five hundred dollar fine for that. And mm-hmm. me, me personally, I think it's Moto America's fault for having the camera on him at that time. Yeah, well, or maybe it's just a. I don't know. I saw his little Instagram video. You know, he said that's how he expresses his emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which emotion that one is specifically, but I don't know. He he f- flipped it on him though. He actually started like a I don't know if it's actual GoFundMe, but I believe so. Started mm-hmm. a GoFundMe for Airfence and said if I got to pay twenty five hundred dollars, you know, let's match it. And he asked everybody to jump on and donate some money for Airfences. Yep. Yeah, I saw that, and I think within the first day he was over five thousand dollars, pretty good. And I I don't think he's closed it yet, so. I guess if you're interested in uh, <laughs> donating to air fences, that's where you find that. No, I, you know, that's kind of funny because right afterward, I was thinking, you know, it's it's controversial. We talk about there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? right? He didn't actually go cuss anyone out. He was just flipping people off on camera. And how much publicity did that bring in? Like, I haven't looked it up. I don't have the numbers, but that Internet clip, I feel like it's more likely to get shared. Right. And then maybe more people watch Moto America. So maybe they actually owe him money. That's what I'm thinking. So Heron needs some money. Probably Moto America. Yeah. Who actually who pays racers? They get paid a lot of ways. Yeah, but like so I understand a lot of the money, you know, you get your sponsors, you get the teams. Is it just all like a paycheck from the team or is it all over the place? 
I'm, I'm sure in Moto America, it's a paycheck from the from the sponsors or the company that's hiring them to come race their bike. Okay. Man, a lot of them, a lot of them are doing it for free. Yeah. Yeah, I do know that. I do know that, especially in Moto America. That's not a, not a big money making series. So, but I mean, we've talked, I don't know if it was on here or not, but we talked before, like even MotoGP, they make a lot of money compared to like me, you know, but compared to F1, it's, it's like nothing. It's, it's nothing. Um, I don't know that those numbers were based in any kind of reality, but, uh, Peco Bagnaya last year after winning the championship, mm-hmm. um, I had read somewhere cause they don't, they don't have to disclose how much they get paid or right. how much they make like some sports do. Yep. Uh, there's no salary caps. There's no anything like that. So they don't have to tell you what to get paid. And somebody was trying to figure out what Peco got paid. And I, if I remember right, the number was like $7 million for the year. That was that's not bad with, with everything. So that's yeah. great. That's great until you hear about a fourth tier American football quarterback that doesn't even touch the field and makes makes three times that a year. Yeah. On a four year contract. Yep. That's another thing that's kind of interesting to me is speaking about MotoGP contracts. You know, Brad Bender signed a four year, and that was like unheard of. That. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, he's in the third year now of that four-year contract, but okay. But when he signed that, it was it was unheard of because everybody you either sign a one or a two, right? And they came in from the side, had a lot of faith in that guy. Seems to be paying off for him, I guess. But yeah, I don't. Know. Well, the most recent, you know, keeping on the contract line, Morbidelli mentioned he's not sure, you know, not sure if he's going to stay with him or not. No, I'm 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 glad you brought that up. I was hoping you'd seen that. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not stealing your thunder. Do you want to? No? Do you want to say what he said? Oh, I didn't see what he said. I just <laughs> saw the. They interviewed him today after the race, and the conversation went something along the lines of, you know, how was it? He said they're working hard. They're getting better. You know, that was his first top ten of the year. Actually, he was no. did good in Jerez. They were calling it his first top ten. Maybe in the race. Yeah, maybe it was a sprint he did. Because I know he did have that one race where he ripped one yeah. off. I thought that was the whole weekend, though. I'll have to look that up. I'll look it up. You keep talking. I'll be doing the research real quick. So during the interview, they said, you know, he said he's working hard, thing else. And then they said, they, said uh, they asked him if he felt like he needed to beat Fabio. And he said, okay. no, I don't. And they said, well, don't you think it's important? And he says, to who? You know, the guy asking the questions was pretty taken back. Mm-hmm. And finally, he says, why don't you ask Jarvis, which is the head honcho over there at Yamaha. Right. He just said, why don't you ask Jarvis? And then the follow-up question was, well, at a critical time in your career, and he says, critical for who? Oof. And and they said, well, for, for you, for your MotoGP future, how you perform is whether you're going to get signed at Yamaha for another year or not. And he just looked at him. He says, who said I wanted to sign with Yamaha? <laughs> and they said, you don't want to sign with Yamaha? And he goes, talk to Jarvis. Interesting. That's all, that's all, all right. he said. <laughs> Oh and, man. And I I actually love listening to Morbidelli talk. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed the interviews and stuff. He stops, he pauses, and he thinks about what he's gonna say. Right. And it, it I don't know. It's like a American girl listening to somebody with a British accent. I get all <laughs> drawn into his eyes and wanna the way he hesitates when he talks just makes me want to hear what he's got to say the next thing. All right, this is getting a little weird, but yeah, 
got a little man crush on Morbidelli, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just, when I saw that, I was thinking, I was like, I mean, Rossi's been working with them, right? He's kind of part of the VR46. He's trained at the academy. I know he's not on the team, but that doesn't mean he's not a VR46 guy. And I just, I'll go ahead. I was going to say this a little later, but I'll go ahead and say it in my like thoughts and visions. It's like Morbidelli signs with the VR46 team. I was like, well, the other two guys are also trained at the academy. And then in my head, I was just like, I started thinking of other people that are mad about their bikes. And then I just imagined like 14 Ducatis out on the track. And that's just all it is because everyone's just like, Ducati's just like, yeah, no, we can sure take another bike. Anyway, that's not what I want, but. So I can, I don't know where this is going to go, but you're right. Rossi's not going to let Morbidelli fall, I don't think, Mm -hmm. without at least one more shot on on a Ducati. You know, there's been a lot of news about Bezecchi. Uh, they're already talking about wanting to move him up. They haven't given Bastianini the chance I think he deserves. I mean, he's been injured all year. That's yeah, it was not ever his fault to crash. So, but there's yeah. there's already talk about Bezecchi taking Bastianini's seat. There's a lot of talk going on about Joanne Zarco going to World Superbike, which would open up a seat at Premac. Okay, I think there there would be an argument there, but Premac is the second tier. Yeah. R46 would be the third tier. Yeah. Well, it, it would be a toss up between them and Grassini. But are they are they third tier or are they just all second tier, all three of them? That's I don't know. Premax got seniority. They've been there longer. Yeah. It's been the team. Uh, Grassini just switched over. VR46 just started. So I would put Premac in that second spot. I think Ducati wants to cycle their Premac riders to the factory team. That's the route they want them to go. Right. Bezecchi's on that VR46 bike. Bezecchi's manager and Rossi have been talking and they're saying they want to give him a factory bike, but keep him on a VR46 because they want that to become like its own factory. Basically, you know, they're saying they like want to go fight for top tier spot in on a BMW. Yeah. No. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, real quick, just to clear that up, Franco Morbidelli did take fourth in Argentina. In the race. This definitely his best finish since then, but yeah, he did have that one week that was good. Yeah, because I, I just remembered us talking about it because I was like, oof, it was it was not only good, but it looked like maybe he was turning things around, which I don't know. I mean, we could, I feel like every episode could just be the same discussion every year of like, or every week of does Ducati just have it? And, you know, is anyone else going to be able to do it? So, so Morbidelli is, it's not uncommon this year. And I think we're on a two-race run now where he's outperforming Quattraro. Mm-hmm. So if Quattraro is the super stud that everybody says he is, yep. then he's ringing that bike for everything it's worth, of course, right? It's Quattraro. Mm-hmm. So if Morbidelli's finishing ahead of him on the same bike, is Morbidelli still doing bad, or is the bike really just that bad? Because Quattraro ain't doing anything. Yep. Yeah. He's outside of the top 10. This Well, yeah, he can't can't qualify. Hasn't been able to all year, which I realized today that the uh, the commentators, announcers, whatever you want to call them for MotoGP will not say anything bad about a rider, just period. They'll say bad luck. They'll say, you know, just hasn't had a good year, but they won't like come out and say this guy does not ride well. They'll kind of, they can beat around it a little bit, but even that, like they're pretty, pretty far off. And I don't know if they're just not allowed to or what, but they were talking about, it was Alex Marquez, right? So you got... He got pushed out yesterday in the sprint. And I was like, oof, man, I felt for him, right? Because I, I 
I think from the writing I've seen on this Ducati, he's okay, right? I, I was starting to change my mind a little bit. And that was a very obvious, uh, what was it, Marini? He, yes. Knocked him yeah. off the track, right? Definitely not his fault. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sucks. Because he's had so many of those this year, I feel like, where someone else has pushed him off. And then today, spoiler alert, DNF. Yeah, but. After riding really well. Eh, eh. So. Well, you didn't like his move. What was that? Um, that one. I actually no. He is so lucky that that didn't go the way of his brother. That was a wrecking ball. That was completely out of control. He just had to let go of the brakes and shoot up in between a bunch of bikes. That was that was a mistake. Yeah, but he uh, he wrote it off fine. Yeah, after yeah, yeah. That, that was not a good move. He was completely okay. No, out of yeah, I wouldn't say it was a good move, but. If he would have wrecked um, under that circumstance, I would have said, well, there's one that's absolutely his fault. <laughs> well, but then his wreck was. Yeah. And taking this back a little bit, if you go watch when he was laying in the gravel, mm -hmm. uh, he did throw the, he did pull a Josh Heron. So we'll have to watch and see what he gets fined. <laughs> Two and a half million dollars. <laughs> uh, he, he should try and, well, I don't know if he'd raise any money, but he should try and raise money and donate it to America. Yeah, somebody yeah. somebody needs to. We need some help. Yeah, new asphalt for Coda. Stop complaining about it. I don't know. I just it kind of made me laugh because I, you know, yesterday I, just talking over the race, and I was like, man, that no one's giving this guy a chance yet. You know, he hasn't had a chance to really come out. They keep talking about it too, right? They're talking about how he's he's on a new bike. He's got a Ducati. He's going to be this amazing rider, and he's. He's been impressive when he keeps it on the track. On Sunday, I was just like, well, you can't blame that on anybody else. So, yeah. What a race, though, really. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good race. The robot ran away, and that that's fine. But there was some serious action going on throughout the race, you know, down through the field further. Yeah. The only people that showed up, it was the Ducati Cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, top four would have been top five if uh, if Alex hadn't have been there. There was a time when there was six during the race. Yep, and then the KTM's, which I think is turning out to just be a weekly appearance. Honestly, yeah, they're either they right there or they're out in front. So, or they're in the dirt. <laughs> but I I don't want to place like that's my only issue. Alex Marquez, you know, definitely click him up there. Uh, the other he who shall not be named, whatever is also pretty up there, but there's been a lot of wrecks in general, right? We've talked about that plenty of times this year already. There's been a lot. And so I don't want to just be here like, well, yeah, if this guy can keep it up, if this guy can keep it up, because I mean, that's, it's part of racing, right? Especially on a bike. Turns out you have two wheels and if it leans over too far, it falls over. Weird. Not a whole lot you can do about that. Cars don't have that issue. Honda. I, mm -hmm. I said it months ago. I'll say it again. If Honda wasn't there, the wrecks would be very limited. <laughs> True. Yeah, twenty eight. I think twenty eight. What they said. Yeah, twenty eight wrecks so far this year. And yeah, that, that might have been the stat they gave before the race. I can't remember when they gave that stat. But no, I think it was. I think it was after. I think I keep thinking it's more than that because of Alex Marquez. I always like he's still a Honda in my head when I'm thinking about wrecks and whatnot, which Ducati cannot wreck. So, <laughs> so, so Nakagami crashed once during qualifying. Mm -hmm. But did not crash during the race or the sprint. But yeah, he's like he's their best guy this year. Yeah, I mean he hasn't won, but he also can keep the bike up for the most part. <laughs> so yeah, he's only wrecked half the races. Yeah, <laughs> you had Joanne Mirrors out of the race. 
yep. with an injury. Yep. And then Alex Renz crashed, and that one seems pretty serious. Yeah, it's so like broken, broken leg. Broken leg, so he's gone for a while. Mark. Hey, oh. yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Ow. So, <laughs> Mark. Mark. <Not> uh, <laughs> Mark, he crashes and just took a long look at his bike. Yeah. The interviews afterwards were pretty much the same. He's, I don't know. It depends on the mood you catch that guy in, in my opinion. Sometimes you catch talking to him and he's like, yeah, we got things to work on, but I don't care about the other guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, last week he said, or during the three week break, he said, I don't care what the other guys are doing. It's about me. Right. I'm riding a Honda. It's all about me. But today he's like, this bike can't be ridden. Joanne Mir's gone. Alex Renz is gone. And yeah. now I'm gone. So that to me, that story's changing a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's been. I mean, he said the bike's bad. He's yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Even before the season started, he was like, after last season, I have one step, they have two, right or whatever. And I, I think he. I mean, he's been with Honda since he was freaking like three years old. He's been in Repsol colors. Well, in the in the pre-race interview, the Thursday interview, somebody asked him. So Jorge Lorenzo did that little interview show they do where they're riding in a car. Yeah. Kind of a ripoff of cars and comedians or whatever. Yeah. But they asked him if he thought Mark would ride another bike for another factory. And he said he doesn't think Mark will ride a satellite bike. So it would have to be a factory bike and probably only a Ducati. So take that for what it's worth. Right. But during that interview on Thursday, they played that clip for Mark and said, what say you? And he said, he's wrong. If the situation's right, I'll absolutely ride a satellite bike. Then he started backpedaling a little bit and said, my number one goal is Honda. I want to, I want to <laughs> succeed with Honda. Yeah. But he pretty much admitted that that door's open. You know, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't blow me away if he was on the other Grassini next year and GGE is gone. Yeah. I, I don't know. I hope that honestly, I hope KTM tries to pick him up somehow because he's they got won't. one more year, one more year at Honda. Yes, but they won't. Why not? Moto two today. Mm -hmm. This is how we'll switch to Moto two for a minute. All right. So Moto two today, Pedro Acosta, who is a Spaniard. Yep. Pedro Acosta is the second coming of everything. Yep. Yep. In Baby most Jesus. Yep. In most people's eyes. So he's not leading the points right now. He was down twenty five points going into this race because he's had a couple DNFs. Mm -hmm. I think he's won three out of five. Okay. But the other two were DNFs coming into, and that might not be exactly statistical accurate for the record, but right. at the end of the race, I, I think he's trying to take a page out of Valentino Rossi's book. I don't know if you've seen this, but at the, end, at, at the end of the Moto2 race, he's doing his parade lap and he stops, he pulls off. Keep in mind, everybody, they're in Mugello. He's not Italian. Mm -hmm. His competitor is Tony Arbolino, who is Italian. That's the guy leading the points right now. Pedro Acosta pulls off. This guy hands him a backpack. Pedro Acosta's nickname's the shark. Okay. It's what a lot of people call him. You'll, you'll see it. So he's got like shark fin on some of yeah. his gear and that okay. kind of stuff. They handed him this backpack. He puts this backpack on and it's got a little fold out shark fin on it. And then they hand him a flag with his number and whatever. And he does his parade lap holding this flag, but he's got this backpack on. Mm -hmm. So the announcers are going, what is this guy doing? What's he, what's in the backpack? What's going on? Right. Right. So he drives, he drives all the way around. He gets almost to Park Fermi and he stops and somebody comes up and gets the flag from him. Take, he has him take the backpack off of him after he's drove around the one lap with it for whatever reason. Right. He takes the backpack off and he sets it on the tank in front of him, pops his little shark fin up and he pulls into the number one spot. Right. Mm -hmm. when he pulls in, he unzips the bag and he's got pizzas. Because they're in Italy, right? So yeah, it's, a, okay. it's a pizza delivery bag. 
<laughs> so he opens it up and it says like a Costa pizza. Oh my goodness. Or something on it. And he pulls okay. it out and it's that kind of, that's like some Valentino Rossi humor. Yeah. I mean, that's something Valentino Rossi would do, but he, but he pulls the pizza out. And the, the funniest thing that I noticed is there was multiple boxes. So he hands one to somebody from his crew mm-hmm. and then he takes the second one out and he's like walking up to celebrate with his crowd. And Tony Arbolino's guy, not Tony, but one of his guys was sitting in that number two spot and he just reached over and handed him the pizza box. And then the camera tried panning away. But if you watched in the background, that guy looked at it and you could tell he was pissed, walked back <laughs> over and like threw it on the ground by the, because uh... I don't think he meant it that way. But to just hand it, it was kind of like, what's up? I'm first, you're second. Yeah. Here, do you want some pizza? It's cooked but he by was the posing like bike. right inside of the box and everything else. But he's got got a little bit of flavor. But while yeah. we're on while we're on Acosta, and the reason I brought him up to answer your question, mm-hmm. in the af- after the race interview with him, someone asked him, a lady reporter asked him, is it true that your KTM contract says they have to give you a MotoGP ride? By June 19th, and he looked at her and he says, you have too much information. Oof. And then he goes, but usually when I say things, it it doesn't come the same way when people watch it on TV. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so I want to ride for KTM. It is true that that's what my contract says. Um, I'm going to give them every opportunity. I want to ride for KTM. And he said, it's also true that they've possibly hinted about me racing Moto2 one more year because there's not room right now. Right. But he said, that is not my first choice. I'm not saying I won't do it, but that is not my first choice. And he goes, and if I give KTM one more year, they'll have the best bike on the grid. He says they only, <laughs> they only need one to two more years. Interesting. All right. So, I mean, he was giving them all the kudos. Yeah. He said he, he's raced KTM since he was a baby. Yep. He's still a baby, but he, I mean, I, I think it's cool that he's sticking with KTM, but you've got these guys like, Yamaha, Honda, all these people—they're looking for anything to save them. Yeah, I mean Aprilia, Vinales, what's he doing? I don't know. I don't know. So I on my MotoGP fantasy, like on the MotoGP site, I put Vinales on there, right? Because I thought I don't, I don't know. I thought he was going to do pretty well this year, and he was doing okay. But he's such a wild card. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. He was just talking a week ago about how he had so much because he got so last race, he was involved in the crash with Petco. Mm-hmm. And so he said he's not going to let it worry him because they've got so much more potential and there's more to come. And then he goes out there, doesn't qualify good, doesn't pass anybody during the race. Yep. He just he's he's back there racing with these guys that fold your P row, these fill in riders that are filling in for all the injured riders. And then there's Vinales in the middle of them. Yep. Well, and finished in 12. We were just talking about it. I mean, how many crashes were there? Uh, there was actually only three. Three crashes? Marquez Brothers and Miguel. So, All right. yeah, it'll be... Those three, well, with the exception of Miguel, those other two crashes, they meant more because they were out of they, podium potential spots. Yeah. When those two crashed. Yep. Out, of the, so. out of the front. Yep. Both of them. Yeah. Well, and so... Oh, man. I don't know. Mark's got another full year. Mm-hmm. Right. So we do have in if we're continuing down that road, if we're going to just hop on the bus and say that Honda, the Honda must be terrible, which I've got to believe at least half of that with the way that I mean, I know we're not a huge Mir fan over here. Joan Mir Brins. I said Petrucci was your boy last week and you didn't like that. 
Yeah. And today I was thinking about it and I thought you can, you can have a mirror back if you want. <laughs> I mean, one of those has got to be your boy. You, you pick your poison. Uh, I think I'd rather have mirror, you know? Really? Yeah. He won a championship on a Suzuki. So <laughs> I, you can talk whatever you want. You can blame it on whatever you want. He has a championship win. All right. Well, you know how this works, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, but I don't know. I just I just keep thinking about it. I'm like afraid that, like I said earlier, Ducati is just going to end up filling the grid. They're just going to be like, yeah, hey, we'll just throw another team. Who wants a bike? You know, and they're just going to start handing them out. And then, and then the question there will be, will they do what Bagnaya wants and make the factory bikes have the advantage? What we need to make you do in all your free time. Mm, yeah. I still, I go back. I brought this up before, but I go back. I want to know, somebody needs to put this in an Excel spreadsheet or something. I want to know if the Honda is slower than it was in the past, better or the same as it was in the past, or even slightly better than it was in the past. Like if you were to compare the Honda from Mark's last championship, mm -hmm. if you took every track and said how fast, what was the lap times, what was you the want, total race time? You want lap time based? Yeah, like compared to today, because what I want to know is, is the Honda really bad or did everything else just get so much better that we're calling it bad? I will do that research. That's that's my homework. I'll do that. I'll get those numbers for you. But I can come out and say I'm confident in saying that the Honda is faster right now than it was in 2019. Mark's like golden year or one of his golden years. Anyway, he was leading a lot of those races by over five seconds. You know, like it seemed that year seemed like every Every week it was the race and then Mark up in the corner. He's got his own little TV going on. The the lap times that they're putting down right now, I mean, he's beat records this year that have then been beaten again, right? But that, that right there will tell you the bike's faster. Now, to your point, have all the bikes just, the other bikes just gotten better? I think the Honda might have gotten faster, but taken the wrong line to get there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, same with the Yamaha. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't want to just all fill this up with football analogies, but... It's, it's kind of the same thing. You know, there's anybody who makes it as an NFL quarterback, anybody mm -hmm. who makes it to the NFL is good. Yeah. The yep. worst quarterback in the NFL is extremely talented. The worst MotoGP rider is extremely talented. But when you put them in a field all together, it's easy to take the worst guy and say he's trash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. So, <laughs> so kind of the same thing. You know, you take Honda and say it's trash. And you're like, no, actually, the bike's like better than it was in its glory days. It's it's a better bike. It's just the worst one on the grid. So we're calling it trash. Yeah, it's just not as good. It's a yeah, different and, look at it. And that's the question too: is you know, is it really basically what you're saying? Is it really bad, or has it just not quite caught up yet? And it really is what they're saying. They have to ride these things so far on the limit so much that the bike just can't take it which if you look at mark's reaction today that you know it yeah it looked like it just completely surprised him and he's like to me and you know this is purely opinion here but to me it looked like he looked at his bike and was like we've done this before and i've saved it or i've ridden it right what is going on i've been able to make a move like that before with zero issue it felt like he was intentionally wide to try to set up the next corner yeah yeah, it wasn't where he, he wasn't where he didn't want to be. Yeah, it, it looked like he, you know, had full and it wasn't like, a don't know, the dudes credit where credits do. You want to talk about Max Lean Angle MotoGP. You want to talk about being able to turn a bike. Oh, this is why we don't bring up Mark, because you always got to find some compliment to put his golden underwear on. But no, I'm just saying that wreck looked <laughs> like he he had full confidence in everything he was doing. And then the bike just said, nah. We're not doing it. So, and who knows? I mean, there's always other. 
everything I do when I crash, I have full confidence. <laughs> it's just you run out of talent sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I seem to run out of tire. I always blame my bike. It's never me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I hope, and I've said it before, I've said it plenty of times already, but I hope that Honda and, and Yamaha, not just Honda, not, not just Mark even, it's not not even where that com- where that's coming from, but I just I don't want it to be a top a Ducati eight Ducati. Car. Yeah, there's no. At the same time, I I caught myself thinking I'm like maybe we do just need a Ducati series. Let's just do one year. Well, let's let's find out who the best rider actually is. Give them all the same exact bike and let's do it. And then you can have like draft picks. What if we did like ooh, what if we did a time attack? Bring in a BMW. Okay, hear me out. This is, oh, oh boy, <laughs> we got time. It's fine. Bring in a BMW, pick a track that they don't actually race, and everyone gets to go out and do a time attack, right? You get like two weeks where you get a whole day to yourself, and it's just like MotoGP draft. You, there's no contracts. There's just who wants to sign who for this year. Contracts for the year and, and payment amounts and, and whatever, you know, they can bid on the riders or something like that. But completely different bike, completely different track, all to yourself. What can you actually do? And then the teams get to come out, analyze and pick who they want. Yeah. So you, you say that because you think Mark would excel in that scenario. Not necessarily, but that is part of it for you. Sure. You're leaving out the important part though. And the reason they're racing in the first place race on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how true that is in the world today anymore, but that's, that's why corporations put big money out there. That's why they're putting their names on the side of the bikes in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, but it's never worked in any other series. Yeah, it won't won't work, but it'd be fun. Watch this. I'm going to switch it to cars. Okay. Le Mans is happening. Mm -hmm. Have you seen? Le Mans. Yeah, 24-hour race. Yeah, there's no S when you say it, but it's okay. Okay, fine. So, (laughs) never mind. I won't say that. The, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to make it sound as much not like Le Mans class. <laughs> gotcha. There's a NASCAR racing this year. Yeah, I've seen it. How awesome is that picture? Have you seen the picture of it, like in the crowd of cars? It looks no, like a- I, just, I just saw a video of it driving around saying, "Yeah, we can turn right." Yeah. So there's a there's a picture going around that has it just parked in a field of cars mm-hmm. around it. That thing is so much taller than every other car <laughs> that it's racing against. I mean, it looks like a lifted four by four out there among all them. Well, do they not have a height requirement anymore? Or maybe it was a minimum height. On a NASCAR? Or no, on for Le Mans. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember what class it's racing in. They always have all the classes are mixed. I guess I forget that it's not just one race. And it's, yeah. All right. But I just it, know, I'm, I'm just thinking back to um, my limited knowledge, but Ford GT40 was called the GT40 to say, yes, it is 40 inches tall. Because I think that must have been the minimum. They were trying to make it as short as possible. Right. Don't quote me on that. We might be visiting a, a certain corner next week. We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, but it looks awesome. It's got Jimmy Johnson, six-time NASCAR champion. It's a three-man team driving the car, but Jimmy's one of them. They switch out riders, drivers. Yeah. Um, do you know any of the other two? I, 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 do, I do, actually. I can't recall who they were now. But okay. When I read the names, I knew who they were. It's kind of funny. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, 
if you have watched any NASCAR, I feel like that name's, you know, which for good reason, right? But yeah, absolutely. Just kind of funny. People he raced, a, he raced a Lowe's car before they were going out of business. Yep. I do remember that. Well, back, back to motorcycles. Yeah. I want, I mean, you want the diversity. I want a bunch of different bikes. That's why I kind of went there. And NASCAR, you know, they're all the same shaped car and they just put different stickers on them to make them look like a Camry, a Mustang or a Camaro. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't want that. The side effect is Ducati's going to win last year, this year, maybe the next couple of years and somebody will figure something out and, and pass them. There's always going to be maybe a bike that has an advantage. Yep. And yep. Honda had their time also, right? Oh, yeah. No, Honda's had a lot of their time, right? And so I guess that's the that is the funny part. But I just don't like Ducati that much. That's why I'm complaining about it. I credit just, where credit where credits due, they're doing it. Uh, also, I think one of my one of my bigger issues. Well, and it's not an issue. I can't be mad because, like I said, I, you got to give it to Ducati. They built a bike. They finally did it. They have the power and they have the handling. Like it used to be this talk of oh the Yamaha will catch up now. They've got the agility, right? And then. Different things like that, but now it's just, uh, yep, the Ducati's gone. Yep, there's no that like that doesn't really. It's no longer the Yamaha's got the handling; they'll catch up. It's now the Yamaha's terrible, and that guy's riding it on the edge, right? Which just means that Ducati has figured it out. Which that's the weird part too, is that I haven't really heard they say that, but not like maybe just because I'm not listening right. But I feel like they don't. They talk about you know Ducati's happy and. And they're winning and they've got their Italian on their Italian bike and they just won in Italy. That's awesome. That's great. But they don't really come out and just be like, what a bike. What? Like Ducati's insane. This is, you got to give it to them. They've done it. Yeah. Who knows? They could hold it for, for the next five years. We'll see. But keynote, who was there that week or this weekend? Rossi. That, yeah. That everyone expected, right? When the amount of yellow smoke still in the crowd. I'm like, oh man, that guy will never die. Nine time world champion, right? Arguably... Numbers wise, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time as of right now, only seven wins in Italy in his career. I bring that up because who did Rossi ride for, for the most part? Yamaha. Yamaha. Rode for Ducati for like, what, a year? And then just said, this ain't working. Sorry, boys, but I got to stick with my Yamaha. Uh, and yeah. he was on Honda way back in the day. But only seven wins at his home track in Italy, I think. And I'd have to do some research to back this up, but... Magello is a speed happy track. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. So, so it's all Ducati's, flying corners. There's no first gear corners on that track. Yeah. So the Ducati should have big advantage there. And it's their home track. There's no way they don't do more testing there than anywhere else. I believe it used to be their home testing track. It's not anymore, but it was okay. for, for years and years. But that was some of the argument that people were making that this was because Quattraro usually does well there. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that because you don't have to go down to first gear and then slam it down the straight again, right. that Yamaha was going to have the advantage. But weird. But that sure didn't show up. So, yeah. I mean, people are hoping Quattro comes back around. I hope he does just to make it more interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I caught myself thinking this week that he's DNF'd quite a few already this year and you know he's sitting behind Morbidelli and I was like has the dude just I don't want to say given up because you can see him out there pushing it but if he didn't make it you know he didn't make it into Q1 or sorry Q2 automatically and then he didn't finish in the top two in Q1 so he didn't make it to Q2 did he just say all right I'm just gonna ride the race keep the bike upright no point in injuring my, myself right which I at the beginning I thought 
I was expecting Mark to do the same thing because next week is Germany. Right. There, you know, if you got any hopes for Mark this year, well, I think that'll be the, that'll be the key, right? I mean, the dude, if, if there was a track that you had to say he should win that one, that's it, right? And there's, there's just for whatever reason. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. That'd be kind of interesting to, yeah, see the turnout. I kind of get this feeling he's going to wreck again and be extremely, extremely upset because that was his one chance to win this year. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Jack Thriller Miller. Yeah. What's he going on? The race. He spends too much time yelling at everyone else. I love Jack, but I just, when he running around riling everybody up. Well, it's no, so Alex, you know, Alex was in the wrong there. Absolutely. Came over on top of him, but. There was no no damage done, right? Both riders rode it out. I would 100% put the blame on Alex. Yep, absolutely. Then Miller, like, you know, turns around, throws his hand up. I'm like, come on, dude, just just go ride. You don't have time to be doing stuff like that. So so you said some something a while back to the effect of, if you can take your hand off the handlebar, turn around, yell at somebody in the middle of a race, mm-hmm. you're not trying a hard enough focus forward. and yep. I just let you say that. I don't know that I had an opinion at that time, okay. but when I seen Jack do that today, that's what struck. I was like, dude, you have been like, I love Jack, but he was riding. I don't know if he was on the race line once in those first three laps. He was, <laughs> he was just wide. He was, yeah, he was aggressive. He was trying to, I mean, he had the lead there for a second. He, about he two, was, yeah. Yeah, well, he was he was throwing everything at it, but the result of that was he was everywhere. He was all over the place, and I was thinking, and then he was holding everybody up for a while there, wouldn't mm-hmm. let anybody get around him, and I don't think he should. Right, his job is to not let people pass him. So yeah, so I don't have a problem with that. But then when he gets bumped, he's yeah, like, he- he's screaming and yelling. I'm like, I don't know, bud. You okay? Were- <laughs> yeah. So one. Of all the people, it, it weirds me out that he gets like mad because I would put Jack Miller as a dude that's yeah, Rubbin's racing, you're good, let's move on with the day and go about our day, right? Yep. That's always what I've pictured his attitude to be, but he keeps like doing that. I think upset. it's Alash asparagus disease just running rampant in the pits. If you get yelled at by Alash every single weekend, eventually you just start yelling <laughs> at the other guy next to you. Oh man. Get him out of there. Oh, what about Peckle yelling at your boy, Mark? Oh, that was funny. That was funny. What would I got to hear your opinion on it? Who was in the wrong? Or, well, okay, there's only one person that could have been in the wrong, but I didn't get the reaction because obviously that's where people are coming on the track. Yeah. Yes, he was on a fast lap, but Mark was way out ahead of him. I mean, even when he was throwing his arm up, you know, the camera angles is showing him and he's a, a corner ahead of him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I didn't think that he actually slowed him down. I don't know that he was like trying to jump on a racing line. He was probably going to get out of the way and try jumping on his tail because that's what he does. So he specifically wasn't doing that, and he went up to Peko after and said, "I wasn't looking for you. Like I'm. I'm sorry. I wasn't out there looking for you because you know he's he gets crap for for tailing people, which is really funny to me because, <laughs> like, sorry that he has." Uh, tactic that he uses which is perfectly so, allowed i think it's funny at times you remember last year or the year before there was a couple races there where people would be like 
pull over to the side of the track screaming at him and he would just look straight forward and ignore him. Mm-hmm. And then they guy'd start driving and he'd just go right behind him again. Yep. And that that cracks me up. Yeah. That being said, I don't know. I think there's a fine line. You you remember Jack did this to him? Yeah. You want to follow me, you gotta pay me. Mm-hmm. And he just thought it was all fun. It it is interesting. And Jack or excuse me, Mark did have a, there was an interview with him this weekend talking about it. And he said that was one of his strong points, the ability. He made the argument that other writers don't know how to use the draft the way he does. And it's a, it's a tool in his toolbox. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but that's what I was just saying. No one's telling anyone else that they can't. Sometimes I'm against him on it. In some circumstances, it, it sucks sometimes he plays it too hard, I think. And he plays it too hard in the way that, let's say Pecco's trying to get the pole. Mm -hmm. And he's only got time for one more lap. Mm -hmm. And then Mark jumps on him. It's a tactic, right? He jumps Mm -hmm. on him knowing that he's got to do a lap. It's got to be frustrating for the guy in the front that's, you know, doing everything he can to get the pole, knowing that the faster you go, you either got to go so fast. He's just going to come across the line and steal it from you. Yep. Right. But I would say again, well, I've seen it happen a couple of times though, where, and it's all tactics, but I've seen it happen a couple of times where the rider already has the pole and he's trying mm-hmm. to improve on that time. And Mark jumps on this guy that has the pole, follows him across and gets the pole because yeah. he's following him. And that guy should have just slowed down. Yeah. And just kept it. <laughs> and, and, and he would have had the pole. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little, I don't know. I don't have an issue with it only because there's nothing stopping anyone else from doing it. And other people have done it. Mark does it like Everybody every, does. T- every time. Everybody right? but other does people, it. Yeah. Other people have done it plenty of times. Mark just gets kind of in that, in that picture frame, if you will. But that this weekend, that lap specifically, I saw him coming out. He was chasing Bezecchi. So I saw him coming out and then I saw Bagnaya coming up and then I didn't think anything was at, Figured back now I would just go around because I, from my angle view, Mark took the correct track entry and you're in qualifying. So people are allowed to enter the track. And then Bagnaya saw him and just said, I'm done. What are you doing? You're in my way. Yeah. I think he let off way too early. Again, I'm not on the bike and I'm sure the closing speed was probably insane. Oh yeah. And he would have had a better view of course of what dangers he may have been approaching in his mind, mm-hmm. but it did feel like, he let off prematurely and just started complaining about his yeah. life. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. I was laughing the whole time because I'm like, he was on the correct from, like I said, from everything I could tell, he was on the correct track entry line. And then Pecco just didn't want to ride through it. I'm like, you're well, in out that there. scenario though. Did Mark not jump on him and end up following him? Oh yeah. After and almost did exactly what I was talking about. Almost, almost very close. Almost stole the pole from him. Yeah. But he didn't have a choice at that point. He just had to go. And the tactics are fun. Yeah. I mean, that's all part of what makes it exciting. Within reason. I think sometimes he gets a little... If somebody's that adamant about not wanting you to follow him, then in a race, all bets are off, right? But in, in qualifying, maybe let him go be a sissy. I don't know. Find somebody else to follow. I I don't know. I don't... When he followed Maverick Vinales around and had was in his head... I mean, that was just comical. That was yeah. <laughs> pure comic relief when 
Uh, or Alesh. Alesh will just start throwing a fit. Yeah. Well, Alesh would throw a fit about anything. Alesh uh, is the only guy that said hi to him in the hospital. You've seen the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He was the only guy that cared about Mark when he went down. I just want to touch on this, too. Did you see, though, I know we kind of threw this off already, but going right back to that real quick, Bagnaya threw his hands up, whatever, right? Did you see him dive it inside of him? Mm-hmm. It looked, he's lucky both of them can ride. So, because had he wrecked that guy out, I'd, I don't know. So the, the Moto3 race today? Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on this one either, but they they threw the announcers threw out some stat for Magello for Moto Three. Right, it was ridiculous. They said so excited to get Magello going. They've never had a race finish more than like point one seventy between first and second. Wow, because okay. it's such a flowing track. Everybody just drafts, and yeah. it's one of those tracks where those guys you don't want to necessarily be in the lead coming around that last corner type thing. Okay, yep. But they had there was five guys that broke away for most of that race. And it was a great, great race, great battle between five bikes. Mm-hmm. And they, they were switching and one KTM guy couldn't, couldn't get away from him. Every, every time they'd go down the straight, he'd get blown down. So you could tell he was just trying to figure out like, what can I do? I don't want to be leading. How do I get in the back? I think it looked like he intentionally, when he got past, when he came into a corner, he intentionally cut off like the fourth place rider mm-hmm. and slowed down to create a gap intentionally and it almost caused some bad things to happen. They gave them warning for bad behavior. You know, a light lights up on their dash, right? Five bikes. The screen just went rider number D to D warning, rider number D to D warning. It did five bikes. Just boom, boom, boom. It was on like with two to go. MotoGP knew that, Something bad's about to happen here, so let's throw right. them all a warning and see if we can get them to calm down, which they did not. That was also a good race. Well, and speaking of warnings, uh, Luca Marini, his long lap? No, Brad. Yeah, it was Brad. Brad Bender. Yep, that's who I'm thinking of. He has amazed me this year. Let's just put it that way. Maybe, coming into the year. He deserved a four-year contract? <laughs> I, I don't know. But coming into the year, I, I wasn't expecting anything from Brad, to be honest with you. Uh, and it, it's confusing because part of me wants to be like, well, did, you know, did KTM just kick it up a notch and now they've got a bike. And so Brad's a pretty good rider with a pretty good bike. So he's doing pretty good, but Jack's over there and he might've wrecked, a, he might've wrecked a lot on the Ducati, but he was, you can't argue that he was plenty good on the Ducati. As much anyway. as I hate to say it, what you're going to say is Brad has outperformed Jack. Oh, I wasn't even actually going to get to that. He, he has, Brad has outperformed Jack pretty much weekly on I would, everything I, I would, everything but qualifying yeah i want he's been there three years i would yeah. hope so yeah, <laughs> like he's three. he's grown with the bike i think most of what's been done to the bike has been probably for him yeah right so yeah absolutely the fact that jack came out and did anything this year especially so quickly i was expecting more like post-summer break right around the australia time frame Right. Jack will come into it and figure it out. And then right off the bat, he was just, he's going nuts. And what is with their launch? It's awesome. Those bikes can freaking launch. <laughs> like that, They've definitely got that dialed. Yeah. I don't know. They, they almost don't have to worry about qualifying because they can just grab five places and go. <laughs> like, well, not go, but grab five places and then figure something else out to not quite stay up there. But anyway, I don't know. I think uh, I think Aprilia needs to find a couple new guys. 
Well, one of them's gonna retire probably. Well, There's and a good spot for Mark. It might be. I've thought that plenty of times. Trust me. I've been like, he needs to just hop over there. I don't know. Honestly, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. I think that it's over fifty percent. Over fifty percent chance that Mark would just retire after twenty twenty four if Honda can't give him a bike. There's a higher, only barely. I I had to rethink myself for a second because I don't want to say, yep, this is what he's going to do. But I think there is a chance. I think it might be over 50%. Do you think it's because he's engaged, not engaged? Part of it, maybe. So, so we, we did have a brief conversation this week and you, you had made a comment about if he does bad, they'll bring that up. Yeah. If he does good, they'll bring it up, but they will bring it up. They brought they it up the first interview. Yeah. Uh-huh. The very first interview of the weekend, they're like, your personal life, you're you're having some fun off the track. You know, you some exciting news you got. And he said he said it wasn't an engagement. Okay. So the way right. I understood what he said, it was just a ring. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> it was his sister. <laughs> Wrong guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. Wrong guy. And you, you gotta be careful when you say that at a track, because fans of that guy would get angry if you say that out loud in a crowd. Oh, you have experience here or? Yeah, Coda last year. Huh. Or not the last one, the one before. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I popped off with something about that and guy turned around in a, you know, that guy's clothes from top to bottom Mm -hmm. and started like yelling at me all the reasons that that wasn't true. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, Uh, he was going as far as saying, it's not a sister, it's not through blood, it's, it's through... Okay. Usually when you have to defend something that much, it's because there's some, uh, there's a, at least a nugget <laughs> of truth in there, right? Yeah. Somewhere, something <laughs> somewhere. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, anyway, we don't, we don't need to hash that out anymore, but. So what do you think? Pekka wins the championship. Time to pack it in. Everybody head home. No, absolutely not. Who's going to do something with him? Uh, the other Ducatis. Vizeki? Yeah. I think, um, I don't know that someone will outride him. I think that other people will be, uh, what's the word? I'm reckless around him. He's lucky. He's a very talented rider and he's very good at no matter what's going on in front or around him. He is good at navigating and remaining the robot, right? He has this weird algorithm over here that analyzes, uh, these guys are being reckless and crazy. I will wait it out. Okay. Now I will go. And you know, he's good. He's good. Absolutely. The guy's got talent. But I do think I'm not quite really ready to just, yeah, zip up the bags, go home, not watch any more races, and just look at the uh, standings the rest of the year and watch him climb because well, the other I Ducatis can be. I got to see who's second. <laughs> but I think the other Ducatis can be right there with them. And I think they're not the robot. And so they're more likely to do some some reckless stuff. That, not not like purposely Bennett or anything like that, but cause some disruption. So, so we've seen it already this year. Peco's has proven that he can make mistakes. Yeah. But I think he, I don't know. I'm starting to get the feeling maybe he's out of mistakes. He's got them out of his system. But every, when Bezeki was close to him, that's when you start seeing him sweat. When he gets, mm-hmm. I think if Mark Marquez was beating him, that would be a completely different scenario. But it's mm-hmm. when another Italian rider on the same equipment as him starts beating him. You, you don't have, you don't have excuses at that point. You know, he got pressure from Bastianini last year. Mm-hmm. That was what we were all looking forward to, to see how he handled that pressure this year. Still hoping for it. Yeah, I still think it could get there, but there's... I mean, nobody's mathematically eliminated at this point. Yeah. Hell, I seen Mark was 18th in the points. <laughs> I think he's 18th in the points. But he don't finish any races, yeah. Yeah, he won a sprint. <laughs> Did he win the sprint? No, it was 
He was on the podium in a sprint. Yeah. So he, he's gathered a few points in sprint races. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like 18th. I mean, he's definitely not mathematically out of it, but... No, so championship-wise, uh, Bastianini, no. Any, anyone besides... Oh, I don't know. It's never, like, out of it, right? I could see a KTM low low possibility of a ktm i don't know brad benders i mean he lost some more points again today but he's staying right up there in the mix and freaking jack would be there too if he quit dnfing yeah that's why i keep saying about him this year more than any other year i wish he just i'd rather have him come finish 11th yeah on those off weeks you know instead mm-hmm. of pushing for every base which is what i love about him on the flip side i just wish he'd settled for an 11th or whatever it was Right. And quit putting in the gravel. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I also love Jack. I love watching him ride. That guy can ride, and he, he cracks me up. But I was getting, I mean, like we already said, I was getting a little upset. I was like, dude, yeah, that guy bumped into you. But when other people get bumped into in a race, they continue racing. Yeah, he, Go hash he, it out afterward. He was driving a bit like a maniac today. Yeah, also, also that, yeah, he was not... Like you said, he wasn't necessarily following everything perfectly himself. So. so in qualifying, he didn't... I mean, Jack's always good for q2 and he had to he had to come out of q1 and just barely it was like one lap he just threw in there right at the end Mm -hmm. you know to to make it through and then q2 didn't what did you expect i guess but q2 he he wasn't on the front row yep in the sprint race he was a bit out of control that same way it was like he was i don't know that a flowing track is his strong point and he was Uh, trying to make yeah he was trying to make that flowing track a stop and go track the way he was picking lines i don't know Well, and what about uh, what about Jorge Martin, your boy, your favorite? Dang, if I got to take him, then we might have to renegotiate. <laughs> I don't want I don't want that guy on my team. Yeah, that's what I thought. He uh, it's always been fast for one lap. Yeah, if he can just quit crashing, I mean, he's he took second today. Well, he's he's been doing it. it. That's what I'm saying. He's kind of starting to. So I think the tell of this season will be can Bagnaya continue to pull the lead like he has been able to a couple times I think one of Bagnaya's issues and he's starting to be better about that he was always like a weekend warm-up you know they've talked about that plenty of times and it's it was pretty clear too he would maybe qualify well right and then the race he would do really well I think for him to take the championship by a landslide or to just solidify it he needs a couple more races where he just gets out away from everyone right because that'll that'll prevent that recklessness causing issues that i was talking about for that to happen he has to continue qualifying well which he's proven now that he can do it and then he's he's kind of readopted a you can't be a warm-up to sunday guy anymore because there's a sprint on saturday and that has points associated with it so you don't have time for that but um i think because Jorge was on a soft rear and Bagnaya yep. had a medium. And until late in the race, Jorge was not like up on him, going to pass him, but he was right there with him. Yeah, he was keeping pace. And so part of me wants to say that if he had had a medium, it might have been a different story. The other part of me wants to say it's only because he had the soft that he was up there in the first place. We know he's a good, you know, one lap guy. So I don't know, yeah. but he's doing he's doing better than I expected. Dom up there in second, and I have expected him to just dump it at some point. I actually expected him to do better this year, but the year's early. He's definitely a championship contender. He's yeah. in that top five in points. Like I said, that's why you can't. You got Bezeki's still in striking distance. Brad Bender's in striking distance. Jorge Martin's in striking distance. Actually, John Zarco is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he keeps doing that late race catch up thing and sometimes it's like from 10th to 5th sometimes it's just catching up to the front he's 32 years old if i'm 
not mistaken. I would have thought he'd be older than that. But because, because he acts like an old man when he comes off the bike, everybody else is celebrating. He seems so exhausted. It don't every race. He seems so exhausted. It just uh, his personality is kind of that way. Yeah. So I'm sure some of it's that, but he'll even admit it in interviews like, oh, I was pushing so hard. I'm just so tired. I don't think that's why he falters the second part of the year. He's did not have the stamina the other guys have. I don't think that's kind of funny. I've never actually really paid attention to that, but I'll have to I'll have to keep an eye out for it. He showed up today, so after the race, they do the interviews with the three top riders. Mm-hmm. Bagnaya comes in late because he's got the Italian flag tied around his neck, and he's been out partying and eating hot dogs or whatever. They had a barbecue on the side of the track. Yeah. So he came in late, but they put the microphone on him, and then he makes sure to zip his suit back up on top of the microphone because it's got to show the Lenovo, Lenovo, which is a computer right. company, as we established. Not a monkey not a monkey like a so, bonobo which isn't a bonobo <laughs> he zips it back up and then it pans over to zarko zarko was in flip-flops shorts and a Pramac shirt exhausted <laughs> it's like can we get this over with i need <laughs> i gotta go sit down it's yeah. lounge time race is done i did my i did my job yeah, i don't know he's a little bit of a different feller so i would you know for the for the season moving forward bagnaya i i think most likely yeah absolutely if i was gonna put my money you know if someone said you had to bet today i'd put it there for sure. Yeah, him, Jorge, Bezecchi, and Zarco, I don't think so. I'm not going to bet on him. I don't. I think he'll fall back out. I think he'll be, you know, he'll be in the top 10 for sure, probably in the top six, five or six, but I want to put him at the top. I think we have a summer break coming up, and bikes always change over the summer break, and I don't think Aprilia is going to come and do anything, unfortunately. By that, I mean the riders. I honestly think that Aprilia has given them a bike. They've shown that. They've shown that they like it's rideable. And it's rideable to a pretty high level, but no one can quite do it or wants to do it. I don't know. But I would definitely, I think that KTM can do something, both Jack and Bender, but definitely like Bender's been that little South South African kid. He's freaking nuts. Sliding that rear tire around, moving the bike. Like he, he looks like he's got some agility out of nowhere. And maybe that's just because he's doing well enough that I see him now. I think if he can keep his head on his shoulders and learn when to, you know, when to send it and when to stick it. So I, I, I think that's Pecco's biggest uh, advantage is that, yeah, he wants to win. But at the same time, he is definitely thinking about the championship. Oh, and for so sure. he, he would rather finish a race than win. Right. And then that's and that's the fight is I want to win the race. And that's the most points. But at the end of the day, if there's no chance of it, ride safe enough that you finish the race. So you get some points. Right. And then, I mean, you go back yeah, to type that or, send it to Jack. Yeah. OK. <laughs> send him a letter. Uh, he just needs to listen to the podcast, you know. Yes. And I'll just send him a link. But yeah, you go back to Jean Mir in uh, 2020 on the Suzuki and he didn't win that many races that year. It was only one. It was more than one, but it wasn't many. But he consistently finished in the top five and finished and won a championship, right? So you don't have to win races necessarily to win a championship because people are going to DNF. The reason I put my money on Bagnaya is that he can do both. He, he can win, and I think he will win a lot of races, and there's a very reasonable chance. But I let's put it this way, that the KTMs can come from 10th to the front on the start, right? If they hit that right, not quite 10th, but from pretty far back. That causes enough disruption that it lets the other guys be up there in the front, so... That's why I would say that it's not necessarily Bagnaya. I don't have a word for that. Sorry. Yeah. Well, take off, I guess. That's enough of MotoGP. They're going to Germany next week. Yep. Mark Mark gets to redeem himself, potentially. Maybe. We'll see. Alex, good for one more crash. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it ain't him, somebody will hit him. So Yeah, probably. So And then, and then when you read the little ticker during the race, it says Marquez, Marquez. That has been... Uh, 
I did. I did see that. Has been the story. The story of the year. Anyway, we'll see what happens over there. Bring up. Bring up that picture. As we're, we're switching subjects here. Okay. I'm taking a poll. A poll right. of one. Let's see. Present. Share screen. Do I need this bike in my life? That's a Are question. Are you asking my opinion? Yeah. Give me the stats. It looks so, extremely 11, small. 1170 cc's. Okay, not extremely small. Got it. Opposing, it's a boxer engine. Yep. 109 horsepower. Torque? I don't have a torque number, but there, red line's at 7250. Okay. All right. So torque number's got to be relative. Torque number's got to be pretty high. I've never ridden anything with a boxer, and yeah, yeah, you need it. I want to ride it. What do you think that bike costs? <laughs> New. Um, 14? 15? 15 and change. Okay. So that's a BMW R9T racer. Specifically the racer, huh? Yes. What makes it the racer? The fairings. Okay. The little speed bubble. Got it. Got it. So there's four different versions of it. If you just type in R9T, the one that comes up most common in the US is the, it looks like a dirt bike version of that. It's mm -hmm. got awful. Anyway, I just just found one of those with 2,000 miles over in California. Okay. How much? Are... 12 grand. That's not bad. I, uh, so Triumph, right? They came out with their Speed Triple RS in that kind of cafe racer look. Yeah. I like it. And this is giving me that same kind of vibe. I, I've seen the BMWs before, similar to this. The Boxer engine always looks so weird, but so cool at the same time. Because like from the side angle that you had, it doesn't give it the best. But when you look at those head on, there's just these two freaking big old things sticking out of the side. So that bike would be awesome, little burnaround town bike. But how many burnaround town bikes can you have? Eleven seventy little burnaround town bike. Yep. Well, uh, no, I can't agree, take it to the race. It probably only has a 30 degree lean angle before the cases start rubbing the ground. Yeah, I don't know about that. I want to say I've seen them out there before and they actually get after it. But part of why they quit putting it in the was a predecessor to the S1000. I don't know the model, but I can't remember what that was called. But that's what. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to think because they're so they love them in their dual sports because they're supposed to be more stable. And in the dual sports, I'm pretty sure they sit a little lower than what this looks like it does. I'd have to compare nah. them side by side, but I wouldn't think so because they got the giant tires on those things. Yeah, that's true. No, it's a it's a good looking bike for sure. I like I like the old cafe, you know, yeah, speed bubble kind of look. I like it with new technology, right? You know? That's what, because you, yeah, you can go buy a, you know, any old bike you want and build yourself a sweet cafe racer. But I like when they put that fairing on the front and then you have all the, all the nice technology, just not, not even like, I don't need all the electronics that keep the bike up, right? I just want the, the nice stuff, digital well, dash and whatnot. You, you understand that cafe racers are the reason we can't find any good old bikes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and bobbers, I would say also. Yeah. Every kid in America decided he was going to have one of them, so he hacksawed some nice bike in half. Yeah. Well, we're about to not find any sport bikes anymore because everyone's going to take them to the sand dunes in Moab. Yeah, that's what it's looking like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't Converting know. I've only seen snowmobiles. that. I've only seen the one guy. Oh, yeah, the snowmobiles. That one's... I forgot about that. That's quite a few. That's quite a few different ones. I guess that, that changes my mind. So I was going to say, I've only seen the one guy with that R6 down at Moab and at the sand dunes and whatnot, but now that you bring up the snowmobiles... Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other one been going around that's like mudding. Yep. I uh I wanna say that was the same R six. It might be. But I think that guy's just been going everywhere doing if everything. If that's all the same R six, then kudos to Yamaha. He take everything <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't hey, know. Guess what? Hmm. My local first gen S one thousand with four thousand miles, just price reduced, eighty five hundred. 
Ooh. Is that what the title? As far as I know. Like street street bike, not track. Like unmolested. Oh it's got 3,862 miles, according to the ad. It's a 2010. Are you about unmolested. to tell me you, you about to tell me you bought it? Not yet. Isn't Maybe it's gonna, gonna go seventy five hundred. Well, okay. I expect to see it behind your camera there next week. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm watching it. I don't, I can't yeah. I can't find a good reason not to. Well, it's a wall <laughs> hanger, if nothing else. Yeah. No, they've got a they've got a weird. I mean, they were. If you were a bike collector, which I I'm only accused of that. I'm not actually one. Mm-hmm. If I was a bike collector, that bike, I think, is a collectible bike because first gen, changed everything, low miles. I mean, it's not quite, you know, in the crate, yeah. but might as well be. What is, is it? Is it 2010 or 09? This is a 10. Okay. No, that generation? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a collectible bike. And the the sad part about saying that is that it's still a very rideable bike. Absolutely. Like you definitely, so. well, like we see an old, you know, mid two thousands R one or Jixer thousand or CBR 1000, especially. And you're like, okay, yeah, not quite there. But even those old S one thousands, you pull that up next to a brand new V four R and it's still, I mean, it's iconic, but it's not old iconic. If that makes sense. Yep. I agree. And it's, it looks different enough from the, the newest generation that I don't think that'll ever really change. So, cause in, in my head, they're like two different bikes. The new generation one is, yeah, it's still an S 1000, but it's completely different animal. I think the last one was more of an animal, man. I didn't so. need help getting talked into it, but it's working. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? Well, speaking of new bikes that are, uh, that iconic, new expensive, not mid two thousands, Japanese leader bikes. They probably is back together. Yeah. I seen yeah. that. Yeah, so that's uh, if you guys haven't seen it, it's already out. When this when this comes out, it'll be out tomorrow for us. But Mondays when we release those videos, got her all back together uh, via interesting means. But I wasn't. I wanted to ride it, and I didn't want to wait around until I bought all the fairing pieces. So I did what I needed to do, and I've gone out and tested, and I think everything's gonna hold together plenty well. Doesn't look the best. There's some scratches, there's some some beat up on it. I don't mind riding it like that too much because you know I put it down. So I'll, I'll live with my guilt. I get up before I get down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it was nice. Uh, except that, so I, I rode it to work yesterday and I came home and once again, I was like, super bikes are stupid. <laughs> These things are so dumb. Yeah, there's uh, a reason. There's a reason they're not selling them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like if you, if your goal in life is to go, a hundred and whatever miles an hour down the freeway, weaving through traffic, go buy one. Yep. They're great. If that's not your goal in life, still go buy one. They're great. I'm never <laughs> going to tell someone not to buy one, but I just, every time I go ride it, I'm like, man, I can't redline two gears in a row without like, you know, breaking cool. the law. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Can't even get close to redline a first gear without breaking the law anywhere in America. So you redline two gears, it's a prison sentence. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just breaking the law. Prison sentence, you don't have time to react to literally anything anymore. <laughs> like, it's just, they're beyond. And I, I caught myself, on my way home, I was just laughing. Because I hit this long, straight stretch. And I was like, daily 100? Question mark? Hmm. No. And then I just rode, right? And so I'm sitting there in, in like, fifth gear, doing 65, just hanging out. And I was just laughing at myself because I was like, you know, in my head, the dream, one of my dreams in life, if you will, is to have a very nice car, right? It's all of those supercars that you always look at. Ferrari, never wanted one, but Ferrari, Lamborghini, uh, for me, it's Pagani, personally. 
um, Bugatti, if you will, you know, if you want to spend the real money. But I just, I laughed because I'm like, that's what, that's what these things are in the bike world. And even in, in the world period, not on the money standpoint, but when it comes to the speed, that's what it is. And I was like, if I went and got like something reasonable, say like a McLaren 720 or something along those lines. Reasonable for who? Sorry, go ahead. You're talking out in the weeds though. Cause somebody, yeah, I know I'm way out there, but reasonable well it's not over a million dollars you can Again, pick one of those reasonable pick, i mean we're on geo metro money over here <laughs> uh says the guy about to pick up another freaking s1000 what do you do yeah well anyway i just i was just laughing because so i was like i don't think i ever would after riding super bikes on the road because if i buy a car like that i'm gonna want to take it to the track and if i drive that thing into the dirt i'm gonna be <laughs> so yeah. upset who knows? I, I would love to know the price. You know, let us know in the comments. What's the price of the undercarriage, like, cover on a, a supercar? Uh, any car over $250,000. I want to know because you're going to wreck that if you go off the track. And I, I have this feeling that that piece of plastic, which is actually probably carbon fiber for whatever reason, is probably half the price of the car. Anyway, I just, like I said caught myself sitting there thinking i was like these things are so dumb why do i i've, I've got to get it back to the track and that's that's the goal we're gonna go find a racetrack where she can stretch out a little bit open up have some fun we're gonna put new tires on first <laughs> well, well put that thing on old dominion and get it shipped over here you know i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna blame the tires i completely thought it was my fault and then i got so many comments about the tires on the video and i was like okay yep it was the tires <laughs> don't let him off that easy people no i was doing some more research though because i was just like trying to decide you know do i do i go straight dunlop q5 or do i go you know it's italian so she deserves a pirelli do i go back to metzler and try their track day tire if you will or do i need to go for something still more street kind of oriented read an article on the q5s that i'm kind of I think that's where i'm going to end up at uh go check out ryan fortnine's new video Okay. Got a new video on cheap tires or to battle inflation. What tires should you be buying? Mm -hmm. And there's a section in there that he says a Q5 is a complete waste of money. He says you should just buy a Q5S because yeah. Q5S is DOT approved. It's blah, 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 blah. And he said, if you're going to, if you're going to buy a Q5, just get a slick and be done with it. Slicks are cheaper. Mm -hmm. like but, the Dunlop slick is cheaper than the Dunlop Q5. So he was go check out that video. Everybody I'll, should go check to, it. Yeah, I'll have to go watch it because the the argument there is that Q5 you don't need tire warmers. So he was talking about how they achieve that. We always talk about the carbon black that they put in the tires and all mm -hmm. that. He said Dunlop actually has carbon R. Okay. That they put in the tires, and he said yeah. that's that's the trick to getting them. He he said they're heated up in four corners and it's right. not it's because of this carbon r that they put in there that's their anyway it's good video he goes into it much better than i ever would of course yeah i'll have to go check it out yeah I, i've read a similar well the article was actually just a test of q5s versus q5 and comparing it to the you know q3 plus and the q4 so a lot of people are asking dunlop like well, what are you doing because they just missed the old tires and they haven't it's not enough they don't think it's enough of a change to warrant a new name like you should have done a, another year of research and build and testing before you actually put it on the market if you will so my history isn't that long on the track mm -hmm. so i don't really have a comment on that other than i started on a q3 plus mm -hmm. 
went to a Q4 and felt the Q4 was much, much better. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a Q5 and I don't know that I felt a big change going from a Q4 to a Q5. Right. I haven't run enough sets to have proven, but I'm hoping they hold up a little longer because my only complaint with a Q4 is, I mean, I wear them out in a day. We'll get back to you guys on that. We'll keep you updated. But the article that I read said they won't. And may or may not have talked to a certain person somewhere that also said the same thing. I don't want to give details, but uh, we've gotten multiple different places. We've gotten some insight on that. And not that it, I'm not trying to down talk the Q5. Just if you're going into it for tire life, that's not necessarily... I don't know how many people are buying Q5s for tire life anyway. But the S, life expectancy, not that much longer, but performance at end of life, better was what this article was saying. They said, even on the track, I would take a Q5S over a Q5 because at the end of the day, if I'm on the edge of the tire or on the edge of edge of life of the tire, the Q5S holds steady and the Q5 got all kind of slippery and could, you know, felt felt like the end of the, the end of the tire. I might pick a set of those up, the, the S's and, and try them out. Definitely need something. Uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm just full blaming the tire now. You guys told me it was the tire and so it's the tire and we'll move on with life and call it good. The only way I'm letting you use that excuse is if you let me use some of mine. Like what? The I year? don't know. I'm coming up with one, though. You're young and in shape, and the Huskies yeah, get so I'm much young, power. In shape. Next time I put one down, I'm just going to say there was a dandelion on the track, and you have to accept that. <laughs> a dandelion. Okay. I got it. Sounds good. I don't know. I, I want to put new tires on because I want to see if that was what it was. Because before I put it down, I had some complaints about the bike. You know, I was, I was feeling everything. I also think that might have been those tires, but I don't know if it's just because it's heavier or where you where you sit on the bike. The fact that that tank has the higher or more surface area on the side, but I felt like I could lean that quicker, easier, further than I ever have been able to the Jixer. I am excited to get back out there on some real sticky stuff and see if that makes a difference, and then see you know see what it's actually like. That's about all I got. All right. Well, let's let these people go. All right. Sounds good. What do we got? How many days? Well, it was 25 last time, so it's got to be... 18, less than three weeks? Less than three weeks. Less than three weeks. Less than three weeks, because I'm calling it two weekends to get my stuff together. <laughs> to get all the dandelions off the track. Get all the dandelions off the track. We got new brake pads for the brick. All right. Sharp brick. The brick's going to stop. The brick's going to go. Dude, um, I hope that your 2010 S1000 is ready for what that brick is going to put down. <laughs> uh... I'll see you on the straight. It is. I'll oh. see you on the straight. <laughs> will you? <laughs> I don't know what I just said. I will see you on the straight. <laughs> You'll see me in turn one. How about that? Or turn turn two, I think. I don't remember. It's been a minute. It's been, All what, right. two years? Well, so. Well, like you said, the your preview video comes out tomorrow, which will be a couple days ago by the time people are listening to this. But yep. go check it out. Subscribing. Uh, please keep doing that. Tell your friends. Yeah. Comment. Give us some feedback. I'm going to call everyone out. You, If you're listening here and you're not following us on Instagram, if you don't have Instagram, that's fine. If you're not a big social media guy, I get it. But if you're following us on Instagram, send us some messages. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we're covering racing. We're covering what we want to cover. But we're also down to, to talk about whatever. I think we like putting out info, and I like doing research. So if there's a certain topic that you guys want, you know, send us a message or comment on the video. We're on YouTube, so you can go leave a comment down there. Uh, we want to hear from you guys and keep producing the stuff that you guys want to hear. So let us know. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, till next week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.